0: Hello creepy cats. In honor of one year of Ew That's Creepy podcast, the twins are going to tell more evil twin tales. This episode, Melissa is going to tell Jackie about the Blankenberg Brothers, twin pediatricians working at a joint practice in Hamilton, Ohio. However, these two trusted pillars of the community were keeping dark secrets. Please be aware that this episode will heavily discuss sexual assault, child grooming, and addiction. Listener discretion is strongly advised. what's up everyone welcome back to you that's creepy podcast i hope you guys are having a great january it's freezing as all hell where we are but we're making the most of it and we hope you guys are
1: having a good new year so far since we are in january and as we said before it's one year now of the podcast we wanted to pick a theme that was close to our heart (laughs) for the podcast and just because we're twins we wanted to do some twin murders again
0: well we're gonna call it evil twins this time because mine isn't actually murders but this one is a a lot of crimes that they commit so we'll just call it evil twins and it'll be like a spin-off of the first podcast episodes we ever did
1: and we also did girls in both of those stories yeah yeah
0: girl sets of twins so we're covering the guys today this one is for the dudes
1: (laughs) that always makes me think of baby mama when she grabs the mic and she's like this one is for the ladies oh my god and it's lady in red
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah love it anyway but okay and i will just give a trigger warning right now guys my episode's pretty gross like, it's not violent per se, but it's pretty gross with some assault stuff and things like that. But I still think it's a story that needs to be told, so I'm just going to give a trigger warning right now. Um, You know, it doesn't involve but children. But yeah, this one is pretty gross when it comes to children and um assault and things like that. So I understand there are people who are very sensitive and, you know, if it's not your bag, we get it. So, I'll just start with this story, and of course, you know, I found this story on the show, Evil Twins. As always, they have, like, every twin story ever told. If there was a twin that even had an evil thought, like, (laughs) ID is on the trail, and they're making an episode of Evil Twins about it as we speak. They really are. (laughs) So, my episode from that I'm going to tell the story of is Evil Twins Season 4, Episode 3. And this story is about the Blankenberg twins. And, yeah, there's not any murder, but we'll just get into it. So, you know, these these twins, this story is really strange and stuff. And it really is, you know, one of those times when the people you least expect to be doing something nefarious is when they are. You know, they describe these twins as being pillars of the community, which you know is horrible because anytime someone's described as a pillar, they're doing something bad in their spare time.
1: They always are. It's like, I don't know why they always use that phrase to describe people who end up doing bad things.
0: I know. Okay, Cam and I talked about this one day and it's rude, but they always also will be like, she was a supermodel, stunning looks, and it'll be the most just normal picture of a person. Really? Yeah, that's what I think. Maybe I'm rude, but <laughs> anyway, so let's just start with it. So the twins, um, their names were Mark and Scott Blankenberg, and they were born on February 2nd, 1956 in a small town outside of Hamilton, Ohio. They were born to a middle, lower class family, and, you know, things were pretty normal growing up. The twins were intelligent, they loved to read, they loved to learn, they were quiet and introverted, Um, they didn't really have a lot of friends growing up, they mostly kept to themselves, and you know, if they were reading and learning, if they wanted to talk, it was basically just to each other. I do believe that as they grew older, the only sport or really involvement or activity they did was wrestling for a little bit you know they didn't do any uh, extracurricular clubs or things like that that people do in high school they weren't going to football games Um, mostly just like I said sticking to each other the one difference between Mark and Scott was that Mark was said to be a little bit more dominant he would make decisions for them sometimes So, basically, if there was a dominant one of the two, it was known to be Mark, and Scott was a little bit more passive. Which of us was more dominant in high school? I feel like that's, like, not a way to describe us. I know. I I wouldn't describe either of us as being that way, or either of us as being passive. So, I wouldn't really say... Okay, which of us was a bad influence in high school? You Me? Not a bad influence, but mom and dad thought you were. (laughs) Guys, people... They thought Jackie was an angel. (laughs) And you're lucky I don't spill your tea right now.
1: We were... We, we were both good, though. Like, we, we never got in trouble or did anything, so I don't know why they thought either one of us was bad. But
0: We were both great kids, but I will say that in high school, if we were getting in trouble, I was taking the rap for it, basically. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's okay, Jack. I forgive you. <laughs> so, yeah, that was, Mark was the dominant one. Got a little more passive, um, but both of them were quiet. After graduating high school, both Mark and Scott decided to go to school to become pediatricians, and the two graduated within a year of each other. That's cool. I know. So they're totally doing their twin thing, and they then after that opened a joint practice in Hamilton. So locally. Wow. Yep. So locally, they opened a joint practice. schools. I know basically immediately their business took off and they had over 600 clients.
1: Wow, that's a lot of people.
0: So yeah, they had a lot of people. The business was basically, I think the most popular uh, podiatrist, pediatrician's office in the Hamilton area. So they were doing well. Now, the one thing that I think is a little strange as it gets into adulthood is that their business is taking off and they have a lot of money and everything like that, obviously both of them, but they still decided to live with their parents.
1: Hmm. So interesting decision.
0: Yeah. They're obviously two adult males with their own pediatrician place, but they're living (laughs) with their parents. Okay. (laughs) Okay. No judgment. Make
1: of that what you will, audience.
0: Yeah. Take that as you want it. As the business is continuing to take off, Mark and Scott, they became more popular in the community. There were parents featured on the Evil Twins show that knew them. And all of the parents said that their children loved the pediatricians. Um, you know, they said that. I don't know if the boys were just when they were boys they were introverted and now they're men they're more extroverted but on all accounts they said that both dr mark and dr scott enjoyed spending times with the children and were really talkative they would make jokes with them and make their parents super comfortable and everything like that so they really were doing great and thankfully at one point It was reported that the twins decided to buy a house and move out. However, after purchasing it and they lived there for a week, the twins decided to go home. I'm not sure why. Okay. I know. I was like, so both of you guys move out and both of you just want to come back home after a week. Kind of strange. Your parents must be cool. yeah and what's even a little weirder though is that they decide to keep the house that they bought, and they're just not going to live in it. so I'll get more onto to that in a second, so at this point, Mark and Scott are they're full adults they have this booming medical practice, some in the community did think it was a little weird that they lived in home or whatever, but they still you know they just thought maybe it was a small town. some in the community thought also that they could just be children at heart you know and wanted to just stay home and the show also points out that since the boys grew up in hamilton even if people thought it was a little odd they had known them since they were kids and they stayed in the area so people really trusted these two
1: yeah that makes sense like if they're not acting suspect it's not that weird i feel like it's just extra weird because we're talking about them right now (laughs)
0: But now where it does get a little weird is that it was said that Mark and Scott nicknamed it the party house. And on the weekends, well, no, this part isn't weird yet. I don't know, is it? They nicknamed it the party house. And on weekends, they would throw little events such as card games and, like, little things like that. And... For adults, I'm hoping? For adults. Okay. And... You know, everyone would come over, like, police officers, teachers, superintendents, school board members were all reported to go to the Blankenberg house and play card games and have drinks and things like that. So, they did keep the house for that. Um, And the twins were not only known as doctors, but they also started to become coaches. So, both twins, they were pediatricians, but they decided to coach the children's baseball team. I think actually only one coach, but, um, they also took, they were into photography. So they took a lot of photographs of the kids during their baseball games. And they also took photographs at the Hamilton High School of various sports teams. And people just thought that they were really into photography and things like that. And it was just a hobby or they were helping out the school. But it gets a little weird. They
1: are, like, super involved with kids.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing. But at the same time, they're still living at home. Like, I think people just really thought that they were living at home because they wanted to be kids and stuff like that. Yeah, I get it. But then it gets more weird because Mark and Scott started to invite some of the high school sporting team members over to the party house to hang out after sporting events some of the young men would go over and tell their parents that they were playing card games which was true so the parents in the community still thought that was fine for some of the high schoolers to go over this these pediatrician grown men's house (laughs)
1: hey mom I'm going to my <laughs> I'm
0: going to play uh, cards with Dr. Mark and Dr. Scott Yeah. <laughs> now I mean you know like I don't want to judge because it was a different time also like a lot of this is happening in the 90s and the early 2000s and it
1: is just different like it straight up just was how people thought about true crime was different and it's not as publicized so yeah
0: and for the most part this is well no for the entirety this is all young men so Mark and Scott are having these little get-togethers with adults with high schoolers. Um and it's a it's a little strange. So at this point in the episode they start to talk more about, you know, how Mark um is working as a coach and Scott is being a photographer taking pictures. And so the episode then focuses on a boy named Tim, he was in the Little League and he was, I don't know if he was being coached by one of the twins at the time, but Tim was with his parents at one of the Little League games and he sprained his ankle and school was starting, I think, then next week. So they were really worried about it. And one of the Blankenberg twins was there and they offered to Look at Tim's ankle, and for some reason, I'm not sure what the reasoning was, maybe because it was on the weekend they said to just have Tim come back to the their house, so the mother drops Tim off at the party house or whatever, you know, just thinking that they are going to look at Tim's ankle and give him some ice or whatever, so she drops him off, and when she picks him up, she is surprised to see that. He wasn't excited or anything kind of how he was before. He seemed solemn. He was quiet on the ride home. He just was acting really different. And so he's, I think, around like 12 years old or so. And his mother at first thought, you know, maybe his ankles hurt and he's really nervous about school starting and everything like that. So she didn't press him. But they say throughout the episode that... Tim never really returned to being his bubbly, carefree self, and that after that day that he injured his ankle and went to see one of the twins for treatment, that he kind of started to go downhill. That's
1: literally the saddest thing I've ever heard.
0: I know. And they said he was a great athlete and a great student before, and then after this, his grades started to slip, and he didn't really care about doing sports. So Tim's mother... Takes him back to the Blankenberg doctors for a couple times after that. To look at his ankle and, you know, obviously it didn't really help Tim. He was still, this is more of his moods now. And Tim continued to have these struggles as it went into high school and, you know, for the next years after that. So that was basically, like, they started off with Tim kind of saying the story where something strange happened. And so... Then, the episode goes to 10 years after that first event that happened with Tim. One day, the Hamilton Police Department, out of the blue, receive a phone call from a parent. It was either a parent or a teacher. And they were really worried, and they said that they had noticed a few different young men in their 20s, all in the Hamilton area, with prescription pain medications that weren't needed. I think this had to be a teacher, maybe a coach or something. And they basically saw that there were multiple young men that they knew who were having pain pills that they shouldn't have been prescribed. And the caller said that they looked on the pill bottles and every single one had come from Mark Blankenberg's office.
1: That's super sus.
0: And all the young men were former patients of Dr. Mark. So now this phone call kind of, of course, spirals into this whole, the story that I have for you today. Thankfully, after receiving the phone call, police took it very seriously, obviously, because this is a pediatrician and multiple people who could be prescribed prescription pills that they don't need. They get the name of one of the young men who had the pills on him from Dr. Mark, and that young man was actually Tim. From the beginning. Oh
1: my gosh.
0: So 10 years had passed. And Tim is still connected to Dr. Mark. Tim was a young adult. Um, He was married and had a young son at this point. Police decided to bring Tim in first. Because. Well I'm not actually sure if they brought him in first. But either way. Police decided to bring Tim in. And just ask him point blank about the medications. And why he had them. If they were prescribed. Tim said that Dr. Mark was still his doctor, even though he was an adult now. And the officer asked Tim, okay, does your son see Dr. Mark also? And Tim really quickly and harshly said, no, I would never let my son go to him. Okay. So the officer obviously thought it was weird. And he just is kind of trusting his human nature and said, you know, why is that to keep the conversation going? And to the officer's surprise, Tim has a very physical reaction, and he actually becomes sick and starts to vomit into the trash can. Oh, my gosh. I know. So sad, thinking, like, what he must have been feeling. Oh, yeah. The officer also said that, oh, my God, this part breaks my heart. Like, seriously. The officer also said that Tim was subconsciously hitting himself, like, in the groin area as he became upset. Tim, I'm sure, unfortunately, as you guys can guess where this is going, Tim tells the officer that Dr. Mark has been molesting him since he was 12 years old and first visited him to see his sprained ankle. So, this all started when Tim was 12 and hurt his ankle. And, like I said, he went to the Blankenberg home for treatment. Big guys, trigger warnings up. It's very bad. Dr. Mark forced Tim to let Dr. Mark perform oral sex on him. And then after he gave Tim $200 cash and a bottle of prescription medication. And he's 12 and he just gave him prescription medication after just assaulting him. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. And then... Dr. Mark told Tim to come back when he needed more pills. Okay. How sick and disgusting.
1: Yeah, like, I don't think he needed those pills.
0: It's So disgusting. Regardless he probably of does of
1: your foul acts.
0: He probably does now to deal with the trauma you yeah. just inflicted.
1: Yeah, and now he's going to have, like dependency issues on the medication
0: exactly because horrifically this started a pill addiction yep. for tim
1: i'm sure that's what their game is what and they
0: do now. yes it's so disgusting and it started this really horrific cycle of when tim would need pills he would trade oral sex for getting more medication foul and they're freaking pediatricians preying
1: on vulnerable people who they can easily get addicted like to fall into the strap that's so evil
0: tim also told police that dr mark was giving him cash and that tim estimated he had probably received a hundred thousand dollars total over the past 10 years
1: holy crap that's a lot of quiche
0: yeah it's like what the hell are you guys doing so with all this information, please decide to pay the party house a little visit. Or arrest them? <laughs> yeah, basically. They got a search warrant really fast, obviously, and started to go through Mark and Scott's home. The first thing that they found were piles and piles, stacks. I'm not even kidding. Stacks of high school photos that had been taken at sporting events. You know, stacks of baseball games, too, with Little league. They weren't pornographic, but many of them were odd, and, you know, some of them were of a sexual nature. Police even said on the show that there were over 300 photos of just one child bending over. Ew. So, they're basically taking, which is just so... The when you think of how scary and disgusting it is that you're just standing there taking 200 pictures at once like that, as oh. a stranger
1: Ooh, literally gives me chills. It is so of some, that's
0: like everyone's worst nightmare. Worst nightmare when you picture someone lurking in the community. Yep. Uh huh. And shockingly, police learned that Scott was the individual taking the photographs. So, at first, they were going into this thinking it was Dr. Mark, and Scott was living there.
1: They're both wild.
0: But, yeah, then they find all the photographs, and they're like, wait, 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 um, okay, so it's both of you. And another really strange thing that police found that they talked about in the Evil Twins episode was they found a small tin can that was used to keep condoms, and not all of the condoms were closed. So, police noticed that one condom was used and had been folded up and placed back into the can neatly. So, police really felt that there was some sort of significance with that. But when they tested the semen that was on that condom, it just came back to the twins. So they really have no idea what the hell was up with that. I don't want to know. Yeah, I don't either. They just, again, it was just something else that was so strange and really turned the in the blink of an eye what were these pediatricians who people loved into everyone thinking, what is really going on here? So, news breaks to the Hamilton, Ohio community of this raid going on. At first, the community didn't even believe it, obviously. They just thought it was an allegation. I'll oh, that is sick. Fuck. Let me start recording. We're good. And even though even though people in the community don't believe it, there are other people who are watching the TV, and sadly, it's other young men in the community who are also realizing that they are victims of the Blankenberg twins as well. So, more young men start to come forward to police, and the police and detectives really start to see a pattern here. So... And first, let me just say, the whole reason why I picked this story is because I really just thought it was so brave of all the young men in this community to come forward at, like, you know, all these different ages. Some of them, I believe, were still, I think that they were still kind of uncovering... uh, abuse going on currently but also these young men were now adults so it's i really give them a lot of props for coming forward and doing this because if more people didn't come forward who knows what the case would have turned into but so anyway the the pattern that detectives start to see is that dr mark specifically would prey upon boys between the ages of 9 and 13 ew who came from broken or troubled homes. Dr. Mark would find a way to get the children into the room by themselves. Where he would tell them he was going to perform an exam. Which is even more sick. Like he basically found a way to get the parents to trust him enough to let the child be alone in the room. So if the child didn't protest the exam. And kind of let Dr. Mark continue. He would examine their crotch and lower regions and then oh my god this is so foul i like don't even want to say it dr mark would give the child oral sex police were disgusted and sickened with dr mark clearly he is a pedophile and then disgustingly young men come forward about dr scott as well oh my god so scott also was using the same pattern of pills oral sex manipulation to get these victims where he needed them both Mark and Scott would basically get these children hooked on prescription pills so they would keep coming back for more and then they would kind of just continue this pattern of sickening abuse in a similar way that Tim came forward and told police everything there was also a young man named Doug DeLong that came forward and Doug is actually on (coughs) excuse me Doug is actually on the Evil Twins show. Oh, my God. I know. I know. Could you imagine? Ugh, the strength. He states that Scott Blankenberg was his pediatrician from the time he was born until he grew up. And when he started to become a teenager, Scott would give him small gifts and things, then take him over to the house and play cards, really developing this friendship and this relationship with him. Eventually, the same pattern continues as before, and Doug states that when he was 14 years old, he was molested by Scott at the Blankenberg home that they called the Party House. And that same year, at 14, he was also molested by Dr. Mark, which is just like, what the fuck is wrong with you two?
1: I'm just going to keep my comments to myself for this one.
0: (laughs) You take Dr. Scott, I'll take Dr. Mark. (laughs) Female Fight Club. (laughs) Um, So, Scott tells Doug to just stay quiet, to not tell anyone about this, and he would just take care of it forever and take care of Doug financially. So, growing up, Doug was getting a lot of items and a lot of gifts from Scott, including money, cell phones, clothes, cash, shoes all of that, the abundance of money at a young age, and all of this kind of, you know, all of those things being waved in his face pushed Doug to also develop a drug addiction, similar to Tim. The one main difference in the case against the Blankenberg twins is that Mark provided his victims with prescription pills, but Scott would not, so he wasn't giving them prescription pills, not that that's any freaking better, but... Well, he's actually just as worse because Doug is addicted to heroin when he gets into his adulthood. And Doug told police that at one point he was with Scott and he was going to inject himself with heroin and he couldn't find a vein. And so Scott actually injected Doug for him. Ew. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, that's... I
1: just don't even have words for this.
0: And Doug even said on the Evil Twins episode that he believed Scott offered to do that to try and kill him so that no one would find out about the secret life. Oh, my God. And basically, I'm assuming I'm assuming he was saying that he wanted him to overdose and so he would just be done with it. Wow. Which is crazy. With all of the evidence that they have, police finally arrest the Blankenberg twins after 26 years of them operating their Hamilton, Ohio practice. I know. Together, the brothers were handed 70 criminal charges. Mark is so freaking stupid and he took his chances and he didn't plead guilty, which (laughs) led to him a typical... I'm sorry, I just
1: have to laugh.
0: Literally, what were you thinking? A typical trial by jury... As with a lot of controversial cases, the trial proved to shed a lot more details that had originally been kept in by the police.
1: He's not going to take his chances, or he's going to take his chances with a trial and just get exposed and make himself look worse. Like, okay, that's a good plan.
0: Exactly what happens. So, they expose him more and the full extent of the abuse is made public. And a nurse testified who worked with both doctors, she testified that a mutual friend of hers and of Dr. Mark's came forward and had a recording and I guess it was taken during a visit with Dr. Mark. I'm not sure the exact context of the recording because this was in an article. This wasn't in the episode that I found this, but Either way, the audio that was taken was of Dr. Mark during a doctor's visit where he can be heard speaking in sexual terms and then actually performing or be given sex acts with a patient. And the nurse testified that she could hear grunting and slurping noises in the audio so it was clear that whatever he was doing in the practice was not what he should be doing who was recording this i don't know and that's the thing i feel like it had if it was a friend who had it i feel like it couldn't have been them But I really don't know. maybe someone just gave
1: it to her anonymous, like, not anonymously, but was like, don't say it's from me.
0: Maybe, honestly, because he was doing this to teenagers, so it wouldn't surprise me if one of them just was, you know, going to expose him at this point. Oh, shudder. I know, it's so foul. I read this and I literally was, like, gagging and had to shower. There were other young men, bless their hearts, who testified against Dr. Mark. All of them recounted that the doctor would inappropriately touch them during physical exams. One young man actually told his parents that Dr. Mark would touch his genitals when smiling and looking in his eyes, but his parents just assumed that the boy was uncomfortable getting his first physical exam. Another young man said that Dr. Mark had been his doctor since childbirth and had touched him inappropriately since he was around nine. Now, there's another disgusting fact that came forward that might surprise you. Mark's defense is that he's totally innocent because the three young men accused uh, were lying and they were bad. Oh. And I had trouble finding the exact details, but a lot of the articles said that the young men who testified specifically weren't known to have bad reputations in town I think maybe some even got involved to some crime, but it pissed me off. So um, probably
1: because of their trauma, huh? literally
0: exactly what I said. And it they have me... never known normalcy and it pissed me off because there are parents who testified that their child changed the minute they saw doctors Mark and Dr. Scott Like Tim. Yes, exactly. So... so even if someone did get into trouble, I feel like it's their fault and even it, there were other people who came forward that didn't testify on the spot. So, So the fact that they even tried to pull that shit made me so mad, like the ultimate victim blame, basically. But thankfully, the jury was not buying any of it. Because Mark was found guilty on every sex charge that was brought against him. Shocker. He was charged for an array of things, such as gross sexual imposition and drug trafficking. He was also accused of supplying urine to a minor so that he could pass a drug test, as well as injecting young men with drugs. His sentence were... Or, I'm sorry, his victims were mostly younger than 16, so gross mark was sentenced to a minimum of 22 years so Uh he got a lot of he did i feel like get a lot of time and i don't see him getting the minimum no matter what he's like in jail because of just the extent of these charges i agree scott however did plead guilty he received 13 years minimum Some of his charges included unlawful sexual conduct with a minor, bribery, pandering sexual-oriented material with a minor. Court documents revealed that one charge was for molesting a five-year-old boy. Like, I don't know how, I don't think the minimum should be 13. I think it should be at least 20 for that. I agree. The Hamilton, Ohio community is still reeling to this day obviously still trying to put the pieces together you know everyone really wonders there were people that came forward but there's no way to really know how many victims because i'm sure there are people who don't want to come forward i'm sure there are people who don't even maybe realize that something inappropriate happened yeah doug though maintains that he is proud of himself for coming forward and putting his abuser behind bars and he mentioned on the show that this whole thing helped clean or helped piece his life back together. So I think he meant this whole thing helped him to get clean and kind of kick this like cycle that was going on.
1: Well, I'm happy for him for that because then I could literally cannot even imagine.
0: I know. And the crimes also sparked the debate, kind of of you know like nature versus nurture and the inheritance of family struggles. Everyone thought it was, like, weird how the two were seemingly normal and intelligent and everything's great for them, but they were having this secret just discussing this. I do believe that some people also wonder if maybe perhaps there was some abuse in their household, and that maybe there was kind of, like, a dysfunctional relationship with the family, but that's not confirmed. Either way, even if there was, none of that justifies anything that they did. And one final note, there were also rumors that there were going to be child pornography charges brought against both brothers in a separate investigation in another trial. I'm not sure if that's still ongoing because I think that they were sentenced in 2016, so I'm not sure if the child pornography charges are looked into more or if they didn't really have a case in that.
1: Yeah, probably with the pictures, but they probably couldn't make it, like,
0: Yeah, but I don't
1: know,
0: but that is actually where everything ends. And both the Blankenberg twins are currently behind bars, not in the same jail, thank goodness. And I really just wanted to tell this story because I know it is disgusting and I know it is foul, but at the same time, you know, young men are assaulted and things like that just as frequently as young women are but their stories aren't told as often and i did think it was really inspiring how doug came forward and tim came forward and when you think about it if that call never came in to police letting them know that those pills were found would this cycle still be going on because you know people are really afraid to come forward people are ashamed of having this
1: Yeah and it's also just like I feel like stories like this need to be told because it is even though it's so classic to say like see something say something it's so true like you don't have to be a parent or like a kid who's done that there's really when it comes to children like there's I just feel like no harm can come from being concerned. Exactly, or wanting to protect them or just be sure, especially if it's coming from the hands of a professional like a doctor
0: or someone who's in a power position. There's nothing wrong with being sure, right? And I just feel like, you know, in any circumstance, I think that if you know in your gut something is weird, if you think it's weird for grown adults to have a party house where high schoolers are going, you know. Always trust your gut, and I don't blame any of these parents at all, because there were parents in these articles that talked about dealing with this and their sons, and that's something they'll always regret is taking their sons to these pediatricians. I'm sure, but you know it's just one of those things where I feel like there were warning signs that they were putting out there that things were a little strange, but Either way, I'm just really glad that people came forward and they were put behind bars because, like I said, I cannot freaking imagine if someone didn't find the pills what it would have taken for them to be caught.
1: Same. I'm just really glad they're behind bars, to be honest. Like, that's all I can say. I feel like I could say so much about this, but i'm just gonna hold my tongue girl
0: i know i know that was why i was like okay they don't kill anyone but i feel like this story needs to be told because they're so evil yeah like so evil they might as well have killed somebody yeah and you know i've never heard of this and this happened you know in ohio <sighs> that was a lot if you guys are still here with us thank you your real ones um
1: we hope that you guys i listening can go do something that'll
0: put a smile on your face cleanse yourself cleanse your aura jackie and i still have some <laughs> stickers to sell if you yeah. guys would like to come see some cute little stickers we have them on our instagram and you can find us i believe on facebook we're on twitter everything like that so if you guys want some stickers let us know Two mm-hmm. for five dollars Yeah, yeah. Holla, holla, holla. And thank you again, guys, for listening to us for a whole year. I can't believe we're already doing twin stuff again.
1: We love it. Thank you guys so much for listening. And we will see you guys next time on another twin episode. Woo!
0: Bye! Bye. (laughs) Want to creep on us? Follow us on social media at ew that's creepy podcast. Or send us an email at Ew, that's creepy podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate review and subscribe. Thanks creepy cats.